Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinman, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. What's shaking, boys? How are we doing tonight, boys? Feeling extra grumpy tonight. My old man knees are kicking in. Back's <laughs> a little sore. Karen JR through this week, as usual, so a little tight. Uh, big weekend, though, Super Bowl weekend. Uh, let's go Tampa Bay. Get out of there with a, ra- a win and uh, send Gronk into a happy retirement again. What do you say, JR? Hey, everybody. Great to be back, of course. Uh, always online right now. Um, I noticed the grumpy web handle he's got there. Yeah, he's got his old man knee injuries. Great to be back. Uh, great movie today. 25, fantastic. Um, yeah, I, too, have to cheer for Tampa Bay as an Oakland, or Oakland, as a Las Vegas Raider fan. I can never cheer for a Kansas City football team at this point. So let's go Bucks. Yeah, I think I got to go. Uh, I, I want the Buccaneers to win, but mm-hmm. I think my head is telling me that it's going to be another Mahomes show. It's, it's hard to bet against that kid. He's just so dynamic, and uh, I'll be the odd one out here. I'm going to pick Kansas City to win this one. I think that X factor is going to be that white kid, that linebacker for Tampa Bay. He, I think he might yeah. be the next big linebacker thing for a while him and like he, he reminds me of a young Erlacher. he's definitely not a ray lewis because you know he's not a degenerate but you know he's uh he's a hell of a football player he's so deep sick too tampa's d's legit and i think uh i think the starting left tackle and the starting right tackle for kc are out and they're both pro bowlers Oh, that's, that's and there are uh, other best offensive linemen's a doctor in Quebec right now fighting COVID. Yeah, so, that's yeah. true. You know, Tardif. So you got to give tar- Tardif. Thank you for shout out to Tardif. Yeah. Yeah. Tardif's yeah. a man. Yeah, thank you for that's, your service. But uh, I I'm don't underestimate. But yeah. I have don't underestimate Leonard Fournette in this game. Really? That's yeah. a could be an X factor too. He's he like really good. He looked really good last game. He yeah. really did. Don't underestimate yeah. him. I think he might have a game. Well, you know, who, you know, he'd be he'd be a good fit in Coach Boone's system for sure. Yeah, and that kind of segues nicely into uh, the movie we're doing this week. So obviously, we're talking football here. Well, we're going to do a football movie in honor of Super Bowl week. We're taking it back to two thousand, year two thousand, with one of the classic, wow. not just not just a good sports movie, but an all around good movie and really relevant to the times where we're living in now. We're taking it back to Bose Yakins. Yakin, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, remember the Titans. You smiling. Why are you smiling? Football's fun. You think football is fun? Yes, no. No? Certainly. Uh, well, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, me. it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Zero fun, sir. All right. Coach Boone's school board made the decision to put you on my staff. I did not hire you. Well, I came up here to coach you. I didn't ask to be assigned to your staff, so I guess we're both in a situation we don't want to be in. If the game will play like that, we'll lose every game. But I can guarantee you this, Coach. I come to win. We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. Get up, boy! Get up! Get up! Get up! We're still weak on the left side. We're not weak on the left side. It's not the problem. What is the problem? I don't need you up on my face all the time. I don't care if you like each other or not, but you will respect each other. I want you to tell me something about one of your teammates. I'm rooming with Blue, sir. He wears those leopard-spotted underwears, bikini style, sir. Okay, maybe somebody who's not your woman. Each one of you will spend time every 
every day with a different teammate. Huh? They're gonna make a big yes. star out. Does the term cruel and unusual punishment mean anything to you? If you lose a game, they'll fire you. One game, just like that. Brother, don't you know me? And your mama went out on the town last night. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what happened to you? Man, I just gave your mama a piggyback ride and she weighs twice as much as I do. <laughs> What's going on? We wanted to let you know we was going to warm up a little different tonight. We are the mythology, the titans were greater even than the gods. We're gonna change the way we run. They rule their universe with absolute power. We're gonna change the way we block. For that football field out there tonight, that's our universe. We're gonna change the way we win. We don't let anything, nothing, come between us. We are changed. You know the drill. Before we crack into this movie, we're gonna crack into a nice cold pint. So without further ado, let's get into our brew review. What are we drinking tonight, Webb? Well, boys, for an iconic movie like this one that just stands alone, we needed a beer that stands alone, too. So this week, we're visiting our friends at the Roundhouse to down a pint of Canada's premium Pilsner Steam Whistle. At 5%, this award-winning beer, brewed with size, hops, balanced flavor, and crisp bitterness and golden finish, is sure to satisfy your beer-drinking desires any time of the year. So head out to wherever you enjoy a tasty pint and order yourself Canada's number one craft beer, Steam Whistle Premium Pilsner. For more information on this beer and any of their other fine products and services, be sure to head on out to their website at www.steamwhistle.ca or give them a follow on all social media sites by checking them out at, at Steam Whistle Brewing. As always, Big League Fix reminds you to please enjoy responsibly and always ensure you have a safe ride home. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. You can kick us off, JR. All right. Two sips. You know the deal. Well, fellas, it's a good beer. It's a great Pilsner. It's been around for a while. We like it. JR likes his Pilsners. I like my Pilsners, and I like my beer. And I Pils like guy. Steam Whistle. Uh, as a beer, I'm going to give this a nice mark. I'm going to give this a nice... Uh, I'm going to give this a nice 8.1 as a beer. As a company this week, for not uh, getting back to us too much I on this one. I'm not twice. You didn't get back to us too much on this one. Uh, I'm going to give you a 3.2 <laughs> as customer relations and relationships. So thank you for your beer. It's great. I will continue to drink it, but ask for a little more customer service now. And next time we get back at you, Jamer. <laughs> Solid. Hey, you know, you don't do my boy dirty like that. Well, you know I got to back you up here. Thank you. <laughs> no, but it's, it, it is a good beer. It's a good, uh, good refreshing beer. You know, some uh, good memories of uh, visiting the Steam Whistle. Uh, um, fa uh, the Roundhouse? Brewery, the Roundhouse, the brewery down by the by the Dome. Uh, it's a good beer. It's it's clean. It's clear. It's um, not a ton of flavor, but, you know, enough that, that you know, you're not, you know you're not drinking a Coors Light or something. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a... I'm going to give it a 
Ooh, seven, eight. Uh, I'm a big time fan of this beer. I, I enjoy this beer a lot. This is probably after Guinness, one of my go-to beers. Uh, I like, I'm not a huge Pilsner guy, but when I do get one, I usually order this. I like that. It's got a little strong bitterness to it. Um, it, it tastes like a beer. It tastes like a Pilsner should taste to me. Um, they do a lot of cool stuff in terms of sustainability too. Like a lot of those craft beer sites are good friends at Bose. You know, they did, they talked a lot about that. Steam Whistle has a lot of cool green initiatives, too. You should check that out. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of tours down there. It's uh, Mrs. Webster and I, when, you know, we had a couple of good times there, that's for sure. Uh, and and they they go out of, the way, out of their way to make sure you have a good time. Let's put it that way. So a lot of fun. Uh, a, little, a little disappointed this week from a, a, a business relations standpoint, so to speak, as JR mentioned. They kind of big-time toronto us. I wasn't a big fan of that, so... You know, steam whistle in that regard, your marketing people, be better. Uh, but other than that, you make a fine beer. Uh, so I'm going to go high on this one. I'm going 8-3 on this one. This is a solid nice. beer for me. Yeah, yeah you, they're not like, they're you not like our boys down at Sam Adams. What's that, they're JR? They're not Sorry, like our boys at Sam Adams. No, it's not Sam Adams. Sam Adams, shout out to Sam Adams. Congratulations on your Super Bowl commercial. That was great news, JR. Yeah, That's fantastic to hear today. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we mentioned, this week we're doing Remember the Titans. Uh, it was directed by Boz Yakin, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, distributed in 2000 by Buena Vista Pictures. It got a 7.8 uh, rating on Internet... Do- mi- bah, got marbles in my mouth tonight. Internet Movie Database. It got a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. Had a budget of $30 million and grossed $136.7 million at the box office. Nice little payday there. Uh, music by Trevor Rabin, starring Denzel Washington, Will Patton, Julius Campbell, and, uh, oh, God. Julius Campbell was actually the character's name. My Wood boy. Harris? Wood Harris, sorry. And Ryan Hurst, who played our boy uh, Gary Brutier. Quick movie synopsis. So based on the true story of the 1971 T.C. Williams High School football team, after leading his team to 15 winning seasons, uh, football coach Bill Yost is demoted and replaced by Herman Boone, a tough, opinionated, and very important to note because of the error and the circumstances, a black man. Tensions arise when players of different races are forced together on the same football team. How the two coaches overcome their differences and turn a group of hostile young men into champions plays out in this remarkable uh, and winning story. So let's start off with our character view and let's get into Coach Herman Boone, played by Denzel Washington. Oh man, that we just started into an, a big time character, boys. Yeah. Uh, a big time actor playing a big time character. And there's no better person that I'd want to play this character than Denzel Washington. I want to say that right now. Uh, this is a strong person. This is someone who knows football. I love how he has a simplified playbook. He's an absolute leader, and we've talked about Denzel playing the role of alphas before. Uh, opinionated, strong. Um, he has some amazing sound bites and quotes we'll talk about later. Uh, I had a lot of time for this guy. I think he would be really tough to play for, but I also think that he does a very good job of growing people up. How he treats everyone the same, that's fantastic. You don't get a lot of that, I mean, in modern day times. How he treats each person the same. He doesn't care about anything, and he talks about that. Uh, is he 
t- would he be tough to work with? Yeah, you see it. Um, you see that between him and Yost. That's tough to work with. But you see a lot of how he has the way to come in in that in that time. It's only I can't even imagine how he come in in the you know 1971 integration in the South and the job that he had to do. I don't know very many human beings who'd be able to take that job on. And the fact that in real life that he did this kind of speaks to the depth and the ability and the will that this person has mm-hmm. and the strength this person has, not just physical, mental strength. Um, his camps, I think that's kind of awesome. I like the idea of his camp, how if you survive it, you make the team. I think that's really cool. You're essentially cutting yourself, which yeah. you know, is, a, is a smart move. It's very and Navy it, SEAL-esque. It is very Navy SEAL-esque. And it's a good point, Jamer, the way if you survive, you're on my team. And even when uh, they wanted to cut Ray off the team, he said, yeah, you survived camp. You have uh, Gary, you have to cut him off because he did survive the camp. Uh, I love how he cares about the academic factor. I think that's really cool. Um, all around, this would be, to me, the kind of man that if you had time and spent time playing for him, you maybe don't know at the time everything he actually did for you until maybe five to ten years later. If that makes Absolutely. sense. You know what I mean by that, boys? Absolutely, yeah. He, you realize like the things you learn. This guy teaches you adversity, strength, all the good things. Lots of great things with Herman Boone. He, man, he'd be tough to play for at times. But I think there's times where, yeah, maybe he does cross the line. Or that line about the water when Yost comes up to him, you know, he's really close. You know, there's a difference between crazy and uh, I can't remember what it was, but that when they need a water break, but crazy and tough, yeah, crazy and tough. That's it. He gives a little smirk. You're and flirting with whistle. it. Yeah. yeah, you're flirting with it. He blows the whistle and he just gives that little smirk where he knows what he's he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I think the idea with the run in Gettysburg and the fact going to Gettysburg College. And the significance of Gettysburg, the Battle of Gettysburg, with that like last big push for the South, uh, that was their last big push, and how close Gettysburg was to Washington. I, being a history geek, you know a little bit about how close that actually was to Washington, and that would have flipped the tides. But him kind of talking about that, so many cool things, Webb. I could go on for a long time, but I'm going to stop. Yeah. I mean, Coach Boone himself, the, the word that comes to mind for me is just accountability, right? Uh, accountability with a code. And like JR and I talk about this one often, and I and we were joking about it a little bit today when we talk about Yost, Coach Yost too, just uh, very reflective of, of us as coworkers and teachers together. Um, and, I was going to say I, that. I, I would say, you know, we, we were joking today, and I said, you know, to the kids, who do you think is more like Coach Boone, and who do you think is more like Coach Yost? And of course, I gotta—I'm way more like Coach Boone, and and I kind of, you know, I, I to some extent take a little bit of pride in that because, as I like to always say, Coach Boone is the type of guy that will give you a boot in the ass when you need it, but he'll also put his arm around your shoulder and give you and raise you up when you need that too, right? He just—he's a dude with the ultimate code, uh, and he wants you to be a good human being more than anything else, right? Football is important. And football is especially important to him. He's got the one great line where he talks about, uh, you know, he never, you never see the assistant coach's name in the paper when it's something when shit hits the fan kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, accountability is big for him. And I think that's that's um, the way the world works, right? You need to be responsible for your choices and your decisions you make. And he's trying to grow these guys up to see that. Uh, so I, I, you know, I love this character. Uh, I'm not going to go into the fact that it's Denzel Washington. I mean, we talked at nauseum about how great Denzel is when we did He Got Game. He can do anything. He can do no wrong to me, this guy. Um, so perfect choice. 
um, kind of a no brainer. And, and, uh, just, I think his portrayal of this coach, um, probably, you know, obviously it's Hollywood and they, and they wrote it up a little bit more than they probably, it probably was in real life. I imagine in real life, coach Boone was a great guy, but he would also, as JR said, would probably be a bit of an ass to play for. But, uh, I think in the same breath, you, the three of us anyways, we would all love playing for him at the same time. Yes. Yep. No, I don't have a lot to add. I, I did. I have seen a couple interviews with uh, the real life Herman Boone, um, and and both him and the uh, coach Yost, These guys did a terrific job, and you could tell that these guys were consulted throughout the movie to kind of they had spent some time with the guys to get to get the spirit of it. A lot of the lingo, uh, a lot of the lines are really well done. They're very realistic. Uh, you mentioned a couple of them, Webb and and Jr. So uh, I mean that whole aspect of it was was really true to life. Uh, it's based on a true story. It's not 100% accurate, but they did a, f- a fabulous job of playing. Especially uh, Denzel Washington. He he's just he knocks everything out of the park, and he did yeah. a terrific job in this one. Let's move on to uh, Coach Bill Yost, played by Will Patton. Uh, same idea. An excellent foil for Boone. Um, he's he has his own way of getting results as well. Um, I like some of the ways he handles his business. He has a little lighter touch sometimes than Boone, but at the same time, him and Coach Boone, I like the offset because they both kind of snap at different points about different things, and they have to check and balance each other over certain issues, and I really like that part. And I thought it was pretty cool that you could see where he... um, some of his quotes to Herman to try to keep him in line and check and balance him a little bit. I thought that was pretty neat to see in here. Uh, I thought he was an excellent leader the way he brought and saw, and he tried to utilize different players for different roles. I thought was pretty cool. I mean, he, you know, PD, you're going to hear, I'm not his number one fan, but he saw something in PD where he's like, okay, he, his ability to not just, you couldn't have two coaches who are just super hard in the same way. They're both hard. They're going to get the result. But you had to have those guys offset each other. And I thought he did a great job. And that moment when he stood up for the Hall of Fame or whatever, that's where the character shines through. Where you're like, this guy's a good man. Or when he stopped his football players uh, with the truck, he said, not today. You're getting in the truck. You know this is a good man deep down who does a lot of growing up during this movie as well. And he realizes his reflection. He seems like a pretty good father. Um, he's involved and there's a lot of love with him. So very, again, excellent character, excellent job. Yeah. I mean, you kind of nailed every point I was going to add, Jerry. I, I think what I like about him too, is that he's got a strong moral compass and a code, right? Um, and he is very reflective. Like, you know, he's got that one great line, you know, as uh, they're at the halftime of the championship game, and he talks about how Herman has shown him how to see the soul of a man, right? And uh, and, he, and he just like basically like help, can you help me? Because Ed Henry's kicking my ass up and down the field here, and like he just he just has a, a great way of looking out for him. He's he's definitely like Jim Craig in the sense, or not Jim Craig, Patrick in in Miracle. He's the players coach, right? He's more of the players coach than than Herman Boone for sure. But at the yeah. same time, you're, you're right, JR, like the, when he calls the officials, uh, and tries to make them accountable and like, this isn't right. He's got a code. He's going to do what's right, uh, for the team and for his kids. And, and that's something to, uh, to be admired. And, and he, uh, he does a great job. Yeah. 
No, he, Another fantastic coach I think we would both want, or all three of us would want to play for. Yeah. Yeah. They were the perfect compliment. You guys nailed it with uh, regards to usually you have a guy that's a little bit more heavier with the stick and then the guy's heavier with the carrot. And um, I, th- I thought it was funny that you mentioned you two guys because I, I thought immediately Webb is like Boone, JR is like uh, Coach Yost. So it's funny that you guys mentioned it. I just picture you guys at school because you guys obviously are teaching one grade to the next and passing them off. And I, I, yeah. I thought it was funny that you guys brought it up because I was thinking about that when I was watching the movie, actually. Um, and I can really relate with Coach Yost because I've always been an assistant coach. I've never been a head coach. And I'm, I'm a lot more of the carrot guy and I'm the one that picks the players up, pats them on the back, you know, kind of tries to give them confidence um, because you have to have that offset. Like you guys mentioned it, if you have two soft, two soft guys, the players will run your show, and if you have two guys that are too hard on them, they're gonna quit. So you kind of you gotta have that give and take, and it, and it, I think these guys worked perfectly. It was tough in the beginning for both of them because they're both experienced head coaches, and they both want to run the ship. But once they found their balance and they were on the same page, it was uh, the results obviously took care of themselves. So do you guys I really think- like? Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead no, no, go no. ahead. Finish up. I was just going to say, I really like Will Patton as an actor, too. Yeah. I, I don't know if, you, well, are you there at this point, Webb, in um, uh, Yellowstone, where he's in the, where he shows up? Uh, no. I don't okay. Think so. I won't spoil it for you, but he ends up showing up in, in Yellowstone. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, no, what I was going to say is, with that, that dynamic of, of the one of the coaches being, needing to be the hard ass, do you think that works, though, if, if the assistant coach is the hard ass? More so than the head coach. I think the head coach has to be the hard ass, right? I, I have I have been in a situation where I was the hard ass as the assistant coach and it didn't work. The players yeah. actually the players turned on me. Yeah, yeah. and and that's what I was just gonna say. I feel like uh, you're you're more likely as the assistant coach to actually um, cause more kind of like uh, derision in your locker room, right? Where they're gonna yeah. they're, you're gonna have people actively work against you. Uh, and not it's take easier, your, to, it's your easier to pick on the assistant coach because you know if the head coach is soft, you can, and, and the assistant coach says something you don't like. The head coach always has the final say, right? Like they're they kind of have the overriding thing. So if if the assistant coach is tough on somebody and then they're like, I didn't like what this person, this assistant coach said to me, I'm going to go right to the head coach, and the head mm-hmm. coach is going to tell me, don't worry, it's all talk to him. You just got your legs cut out from under you, yeah. and that that's happened to me before. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work either. It, it, yeah. it, won't, it won't work that way. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the head coach has got to be the one that's the hard ass. Absolutely. Yeah, you're in charge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's move on to uh, Julius Campbell, played by Wood Harris, the way I should have said it earlier. <laughs> all good. Uh, first of all, exceptional athlete, looks the part. He's believable as a, you know, as a rush end, so to speak. I mean, he has a big six foot three. Wood Harris is six foot three. He's a big boy. 31 years old at the time of this movie. I believe he was born in 1969. I did a little back on wood today. I think he was oh, he's a 31 year old man, and he has man muscles, man size, man shoulders. Like he's yeah. big in this show. So, uh, as a football player, fantastic. Did it all. I like the intensity he brings. I like the same idea. Webb, you talk about accountability, his accountability. Um, as a human being, again, he just did an amazing job and an amazing person of. 
he had that gruff exterior and then I think it was neat at the camp. That's always a nice scene, the strong side scene where, you know, left side, strong side. That's, that's such a cool scene. And there's something about it, even if you watch it over and over again, where that's kind of like when, you know, Julius and Gary kind of become the captains essentially. And the ability, it shows the character of the person and the human being that they are, the willingness to come together as a team. And I think awesome. I think it was pretty cool. I love this scene too. And he goes over to Gary's house and hugs his mama and picks him up. Yeah. That's a really cool Jesus scene. Like- yeah. And like he meets with, I like the scene too, or he meets with the police officer and the police, you know, that fear of Southern police, you know, he's in the wrong neighborhood essentially at the point in yeah. 1971. And he rolls down the window and said, you guys played a good game last night. I thought that was a nice scene too. And he's like, how Thank funny you. is it? How funny is it that 49 years later, that's still a thing. That's oh, still yeah. a thing where, like, a cop car is going to slowly pull up uh, on a group of black individuals or whatever, and the, and and kind of just give them the side eye a bit, you know? Yeah, funny, funny in the sad sense, not funny. Yes. In, yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah. shouldn't disappoint. Yeah. yeah, no, we know what you meant. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Yeah, um, I think he's just an excellent character. Um, the leadership qualities, all of the great things. Uh, Wood Harris too. I mean, I really like Wood Harris as an actor. Excellent. And even though he's kind of old show, I thought he just did a great job. And you needed such a strong person to play the role of Julius. And I, I don't know if you guys are wrong, but I think picking a guy who's big like that makes it way more believable. You know when he's breaking up fights in the hall and you're like, yeah, he could break up a fight in the hall if he wants to break up a fight in the hall. Like, he's yeah. like giant shoulders, big long arm, big dude. And I think that was pretty cool. But- yeah, it was funny as we were just, you guys were just talking there, I was thinking about uh, not only him, but one of the things that always amazes me about him, uh, and I guess actually in real, in like really thinking about it, maybe it's like it's all the black characters in this movie, other than Boone. None of them have, or none of them come across anyways with a sense of bitterness about the situation, right? Like, and, and I don't know if that speaks to the realism piece or not for me. I don't know if that's the Disney factor that like, but you, you got to think like, he, they would be a little bit more pissed off at the world, um, given the way that they're they're being treated everywhere, right? You get glimpses of it, yeah, but, but not even, like a sustainable, but not like a, like I, I like uh, mm-hmm. for lack of a, think, like they're, they're more they're more Martin Luther King than they are Malcolm X, if that makes yes. any more sense. Like they're not sense. as they're not as militant about everything, and like you see the little bit with PD that we'll probably talk about here in a second with the, the restaurant and like yep. you get glimpses of it with, with Juli- Julius. Julius like early on, early on. Yeah. But then more so towards Bertier specifically. I don't know yeah. if it's about the racism piece, but more so about like you're not doing your job as a leader and your, your racist guy Ray here isn't doing his job to, to block for our, like that, right, that right. piece. Like it just, it always struck me as kind of, really cool about his character and also really kind of maybe not believable in the same sense too, um, that he wouldn't be a little bit more bitter and pissed off of the world. Uh, so I, I don't know. I thought that was, I think that's part of the, the appeal of his character as well, though. It's like you see this guy and like, he literally just has a joy about playing football. Um, and he, and he is a, like a really loving and caring dude. Like, the fact that he like hugs Bertier's mom, even though we know like she's flat out racist and has That's said pretty, thing to do, yeah. yeah, and like goes there and like he, he basically kid. says like you know like when he calls Bertier on not coming to the Berg and all that stuff, like mm-hmm. even that he like he's disappointed but he's not mad, 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's, uh, I always found it kind of, it just really interesting. Like the, all those guys, they don't have that real, like racist bitterness towards white people in the same way. Right. Yeah. Do you you think like by playing football though, that kind of is a way for them to. Maybe. Maybe. Is that the vehicle to. Yeah, maybe. To let out that aggression and that. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. I always wondered that too, if that was like a way. I don't know. You make a really good point. The one quote that kind of forgot to mention between Boone and Yost too, where you talked about that is when the uh, brick gets thrown to the window and Herman says, you know, I'm sorry for your daughter. I'm really sorry what happened to her. This is my life. Yeah. That's one of my favorite quotes. Something like that. Yeah. 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 That's like a, and that's the kind of thing where, yeah, like we don't get it really. No, no, we don't understand. So I thought it was a very interesting point. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, let's move on to Gary Bertier, played by Ryan Hurst. If I'm stuck on a desert island, I don't know what to do. I want Gary Bertier with me. This guy. <laughs> You're darn right, yeah. This guy. I don't know about you, Jane, but I'd rather have a female. That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's going to get me back to a female. He's not going to survive. Okay. <laughs> he's going to get me back to my wife. How does that there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'll take care of him. Um, yeah. Uh, great, awesome, an inspirational person. Um, great. He did a lot of growing. He was, you know, the, his from the start to the end. You know, he saw the growth of the character and of the guy. Fantastic football player. Does he ever lay people out? Some of those scenes. Holy cow! Uh, the guy who played him too. Again, I did some back looking at it. Melissa and I were talking tonight about it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a little research. He's six foot five. The guy who played him. So Woodhair is six three. The Hurst six five. Like. Big follows there. That, that, that it did. I liked that the movie had big guys playing the role. They weren't yeah, like they look like uh, football players. It wasn't Ryan Gosling out there, James. Yeah. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> it uh, looked okay. I, I thought that was realistic too, because like it's high school, you're going to have those studs, but you're also yeah. going to have a couple weenies on the team. Oh, so, that's, that's true. true. That's true. But I mean, if you're going to have two, you know, two studs, yes. have big, strong guys. And I thought it was great. I think this whole story of, you know, the real life, Gary Bertier, is was pretty amazing and tragic at the same time. So tragic. But uh, just an inspirational person. And you'd hear a lot, you know, read, when you read about the person. So I did a little dive into it. It's just yeah. a very inspirational guy. And if that's what he was like, you know, carried on to a high school football team, he, you know, that's a real captain. And he did a lot of plan for him. Yeah. God had a plan for him. I agree. So his story touches a lot of people. Oh yeah. That's kind of what I have on him. But yeah, no, I was going to say you kind of nailed. I mean, the cool thing about him is he, he and Julius are, are, they're they're embodying the relationship of Yost and, and Boone on the field, right? Like their their Good whole point. dynamic, um, and I mean the same kind of qualities that we admire in Yost. I think we also see that in 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 Gary, right? Like there's the whole reflective piece. There's the fact that he sees um, how he's treating black people as being different than what it should be, and he, and he and he grows from that, right? And he tries to be a better person, and like you just see his evolution there. And it's really cool. Like he, he's probably the most, uh, you get the most depth out of him. I think that of any of the other characters, uh, hell of an athlete, same thing. I don't know if you guys watch, uh, or JR when you're doing your deep dive, if you came across a recent image of him, he's got a huge beard, like yeah. he's well, a massive, massive beard. Now. Yeah. And, Sons of Anarchy had a beard. Well, 
And he was he was in uh, he's in The Walking Dead. He's Beta in the newest seasons of The Walking Dead, and he's like this big, massive dude, right? So he's just a massive man. Like, uh, yeah, a really, really good character choice. I thought he just he looks like a wholesome, all American, prototypical white football player too. Like he's got guys, the look. They cast really well. He did a he really good like job. Looks like the guy. He looks like the real Gary Butier. Like when you look yeah. at young pictures of him, he did a good job with him. Yeah, I and I mean that. he's he's the ultimate leader, right? He's he's a guy that everybody you you know he's the captain for a reason because he can talk to the offense, he can talk to the defense, black, white, it doesn't matter. He's he's going to he's, uh, he's mature. He's mature. He's going to mature and help you. Yeah. Um, let's move on and talk about uh, Petey Jones, played by Donald Faison. I didn't like Petey, guys. No, I don't like Petey. I have no time for him. I don't. I. I He's lucky he survived practice or survived training camp because I think if I was the coach, I would not have a guy like that around. I'm sorry, guys. Just as a care, his character alone, not that he fumbles and you're ki- like the best line, you're killing me, PD. Anyway, but yeah. he, I don't, there's something about him. Like, I don't, I don't want him around. He's a my mental team. bitch. He's he, a millennial. He just can't do it. The quitting, the wanting back on. As soon as I saw that, or years ago I saw that, I was like, this guy's done. I can't have this. I can't have you quitting. I can't have you coming back. I think he's athletic enough, and I think he could find a role on a football team, but he's not the kind of person I want to build, you know, when I build a team with, essentially. And he's lucky that that team had strong leadership, very strong leadership. Or somebody like that could have caused you some problems. And he's also lucky he had Yost as a person who basically looked to him because he just shut down on Herman Boone. He quit on his team at the most pivotal moment of their season. He, he really on. did. He really did. For no reason. And he, gets, he flies under the radar because their leadership is so strong, yes. right? Like he's, yeah, he's only able to get away with that because the leadership is so strong. He, yeah. You're right, Jamie. He's a mental midget. He's he, not that good of a football player, to be quite honest. He's just... No. Fast. He's athletic yeah. as all hell, but football player, I don't think he's that great, to be quite yeah, honest. Yeah. But he, he peaked in clueless. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He did pretty good in scrubs. <laughs> yeah, he's good in scrubs. Hell of a dancer in scrubs. He's oh, disappeared though, eh? Like he's not he did he rub somebody the wrong way or whatever? He's well, I don't know. Him and him and uh, Zach Braff actually have a scrubs podcast that they do. Oh, do they? Uh, yeah, they do. It's like you know, one of the it's that same kind of notion that all these shows are doing these popular shows where they go back and they rewatch all the episodes. Like what kind of hacks just go back and watch something and then do a podcast about it? Web, I was going to ask, how do you know that? <laughs> how do I, I know that? How do you know that? My wife actually listens to it from time to time and we're currently rewatching scrubs. Oh, okay. there's so you need a, you know how you need those like half hour, like make it laugh. I watched the Goldbergs. We watched the Goldbergs. Oh, yeah, there I you go. See, and we've watched that one too. We're, now, we're back into recycling. I can't watch The Office for the 900th time Go back again. and watch Cheers, Webb. Uh, I can't do it. Watch I can't do it. It's too old. Oh, I can't do Cheers. So I can't do Cheers do again. It's, it's, it, cheers to me just seems like so long ago. Like, I can't do it. The jokes are good, Frasier? Jokes hold up. Frasier. I can't oh, rewatch Frasier. I can oh, do Seinfeld. I can do Seinfeld. I can't redo Frasier. And I do a lot of Curb every once in a while. But Give, give Cheers about five episodes. <laughs> All right. Only Grump, Grumpy shot. Web, a eh? Grumpy Web drinks at Gary's Old Town Tavern. Grumpy Web, what? Grump, Grumpy Web drinks at Gary's Old Town Tavern. 
All right, boys. Let's uh, let's talk about other notable characters. Who are some of the other characters in the movie that jumped out to you? Uh, I gotta go, Sunshine, fellas. Here's why Sunshine, because Sunshine is a good-looking quarterback. Lefty wears number twelve. Reminds me maybe of a little Ken Stabler back in the day. uniform. <laughs> what a quarterback! Uh, he's a stud athlete. He was big too. Eh? How about he's him? From, like hey, fucking guys from, on the box. He's also from California. California. How about uh, him tricking guys on the blocks when um, Rev went for that last run? He, he laid out. Be the, he might be the best blocking player they have on that team. And yeah. he goes two ways. He goes both sides of the football in that big game, in the semifinal well, game. He went on to play college ball. So he's obviously, in real life, the guy could, you know, the guy knew what he's doing. And if you're coming from. been the only guy to play Division One ball on that team. Like, on, really on, a, on a serious note, boys, like, if you're coming from playing at, you know, let's say he's coming from California and he's playing for a big-time high school in California, like, you're good. California, yeah. Florida, Texas. Or high school, whatever that school is. Yeah. Like, you know, Don Bosco or whatever they're called and all those ones. I can't remember all the ones. But anyway, uh, you're, you're good. Him and Real. Real. Yeah, Real Mitchell. <laughs> like De La Salle or whatever it is. Like, they have lots of programs out there. So he's probably pretty good. Anyway, yeah, that was my guy, Webb. I got, I'm going with Louis Lastic. He's the ultimate glue yes. guy in the movie. Yes. Uh, hell of a singer and dancer for a kid his size. Uh, and a hell of an athlete. I mean, he ends up working hard. He's the type of kid you love and you root for. Yeah. Uh, Boone, Boone has one of my favorite lines in the whole movie with him when he gets up and he, he talks about how he's talking about blue and the blue un- and the leopard print underwear. And then he starts talking about Rev and, and then, uh, what he admires about Rev. And then, you know, Boone pulls him aside and just says, like, you're going to bring me your test scores and we're going to get through it. And I'm going to get you to, co-. like, that's the kind of guy that Boone is, right? He's, that's the, I'm going to put my arm around you and we're going to, I'm going to, after I kick you in the ass, I'm going to pick you up and we're going to do this together kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I love Louis Elastic. He's good for all the laughs, right? He's got the best of your mama joke in the whole group. Uh, and he sings, like, he, he starts all the great tunes. Like, I just, I love him. He's the best. Ethan Supley, the actor yeah. too, he's great in uh, the ranch. Oh he's yeah, awesome in the ranch. He's jacked, and now. he's jacked as shit now. Yeah, oh, he's in good yeah. shape. Good for he's, him. He got his own That's like he's got a, his own like uh, men's health thing on YouTube yeah. and the whole works. Good for him. Good for him, great guy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I got to give a shout out. Yeah, I mean, we have to mention Ryan Gosling, Alan <laughs> Alan Bosley. <laughs> you know. He's got some funny moments in the movie. He's he's a little weenie, but he's got some good. He's got some funny moments in it. He provides a good comic relief for sure. Yes, he does. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Nineteen at the time when he did this. What There's, really? He was, he was only like, nineteen years old. Is this like right from Breaker High into Remember the Titans? Yeah, pretty much. I wow. don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, the boys. But did they say he was a linebacker at one point? I swear they. I thought they heard oh, probably on the all white team. Like, come on. Like be like, yeah, it'd, be like you, it'd be like you playing linebacker at I thought LC. he was defensive back. Jared <laughs> <laughs> was, was a menace at linebacker That's for right. LC. I was an outside linebacker. Remember he used to put the barbed wire tattoos on with the black mark? Because <laughs> I didn't want one. I was like, but they were cool. Andy Katzenmoyer. Andy Katzenmoyer, the big hey, cat. You know who's... You know who's uh, Ryan Gosling? You know who he's not playing for? He's not playing for Norton, Texas. Shout out to Norton, Texas. No, nope, he's not. He can't make a team in Norton. Hell no. He wouldn't make that. No way he'd make Norton, Texas. Not a no chance way. in hell. Not a chance. Yeah. Uh, I got also got to give a shout out to uh, Kate Bosworth playing Emma Hoyt. 
Yeah, tough character to play. I mean, you're you're villainized throughout the whole thing. So, yeah. You know, I thought she was Brian Bosworth's daughter. I thought I heard a rumor at one point, and I just thought I thought for years it was Brian Bosworth's daughter, but she's not. They're not related in any way. You know what, though, that's a very important role. Yeah, that's a very very important role because you saw Gary, you saw everybody, but to see her as well at the end, shake you know, shake Julius's hand. I thought that was a good point, Jamer. Good pick out on that character. It's good to show the growth of just the town and society, right? Yeah, good. Like pick. her, her characters needed that way. You're mm-hmm. right. Good pick. And uh, what about uh, Hayden Pan- Panettiere? Is that how you spell? Yeah, Hayden Panettiere. That's Juliet. Uh, that's Juliet from Nashville. Yeah, she. Uh, like Nashville. Yeah, former former Mrs. Clitch job as a child actor, right? Yeah. Pretty good job. I, one thing was funny, I read an, an interview with her, and apparently, like, she was really young, obviously, in this one. Um, but going up through high school, they would show this movie, like, in class. Like, you guys show your kids, right? As a teaching yeah. thing. Teaching tool. It's a good teaching tool. Um, teaching tool but yeah. they would show it in the in her class, and she's clearly <laughs> in the movie, right? So the kids would just be like, mm, like, you're in this movie. So she said it was just like an embarrassment. She hated it whenever they would just pop it on randomly someday. And that's pretty like, funny. Oh, God. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> uh, let's get to our quotes. What quotes stand out? I know we touched on a couple of them, but uh, are there any? There's a lot of really good quotes in this movie. What are some of the ones you want to mention? Um, I got one. I like the. Uh, it's from Coach Boone. A lot. It's from Coach Boone, but it's like the idea of humility. I wrote it down. Not Jesus Christ, Dr. King, or the Easter Bunny. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, I love that one. Um, the, well, the, where was it? Oh, the run a mile. I love it. Run a mile. You do that? You run a mile. How, yeah. you run a, how many feet are in a mile? 5,200 and something. <laughs> yeah, you're going to run every one of them. <laughs> and then uh, the, what is pain? French bread. I love <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, well, those are quick. Some of my quick ones. I've said a bunch I got. Already. I wrote down uh, four that are always so on on Jr's point. So his his first uh, coach Boone's first kind of like introduction to the football team, where he's ripping Petey a new one about football being fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then he says like, "This is not a di- democracy. This is a dictatorship, and I am the law." <laughs> yeah. I remember showing this movie to the kids last year, and when that line dropped. They all turned around and looked at me, and they just are like, "No wonder you love this guy." I'm like, "That's right." <laughs> so there's that one. Uh, in terms of other other great lines, uh, PD has one of my favorite ones when uh, he's talking. They're at, they're coming up the stairs after he's talking to the girls with sunshine, oh, yeah. and the white guy jumps in. He's like, "You talking to my girl?" He's like, "I don't see any livestock around here." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the ultimate uh, just rips, and then. Uh, uh, Bertier has two great lines uh, that show just like his ultimate kind of character growth to me when he's in the hospital bed. It's like, Alice, are you blind? You don't see, yeah, don't you see the family resemblance? That's my great, brother. Great line. And then the second one is, you think I look banged up? You should see my Camaro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like able to like just show you what kind of leader he is. Right? Like he's able to bring some levity to that situation. Uh, it just it's crazy. Awesome, awesome lines. I just have two quick ones. Uh, Coach Coach Boone, when he says to Coach Yost, uh, when Coach Yost says he wants to have that other racist assistant coach on the team, he goes, you're overcooking my grits, Coach. That's another one. Yeah. Is that Tyrell? Coach Tyrell? Yeah. 
Tyrell, Coach Tyrell, yeah. Coach and Tyrell was probably one of those guys that stormed the Capitol a few weeks ago. Oh, I, he probably was for sure. Uh, another one I had was uh, when Coach Yost, uh, they're playing that last team, Marshall, and uh, the guy shifts into the shotgun, and he goes, shotgun? What do they think they are, the New York Jets? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I heard that name of styles back yeah. in the day, right? Yeah. That's Kevin Arnold from the Wonder Years jacket. I remember hearing that one yesterday, too, and when we rewatched it, and I had a pretty good chuckle. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so let's, let's jump into some little-known facts. So screenwriter Gregory Allen Howard shopped the script for Remember the Titans around Hollywood for the better part of the 90s and was rejected at every turn. Most studios said that if you get rid of all that race garbage, we'll pick it up, and he refused. Jesus. How, how stupid is that, right? So the original script was actually R-rated, but he ended up reworking it to, and I like this term, Disney-fy it. Uh, Gregory Allen Howard also wrote the script for Ali, which is another great movie. I think it's a good movie. Will Smith. So in 2020, from a Washington Post article written by Ashley Spencer, uh, it included an interview with Ethan, Ethan Supley, who played Lastic. Supley was quoted about Denzel Washington. But when Denzel was around, you got your shit together quite quick. He, you know, you stood up straight because everybody respected him so much. The one time he let his guard down was when the Yankees were playing the Braves in the World Series. Washington's a huge Yankees fan, and he ran around the set waving a broom. <laughs> Lost some points right there for me, Denzel. That's uh, pretty good. It's funny. That's pretty funny. That's pretty cool, though. I love hearing stuff like that. When you hear about like big time athletes and celebrities being sports fans like that, like like kind of like fringe lunatic sports fans. Like as much yeah. as I hate the Knicks, I love the fact that Spike Lee is just like ultimate Nick guy. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That's his yeah. team. Yeah. Same with Jack and uh, Jack Nicholson and the yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah. So in reference to the same article that I mentioned, uh, director Bose Yakin. Uh, has has this to say our whole perspective on race and where we're at in, in the discussions it's in a different place now in 2020 in some ways it's we're more advanced but in a lot of ways we've taken two steps back and i think that's a pretty good point that's pretty uh um kind of references back to kind of some of the discussions that i know the three of us have had about what's happened with race relations in the last you know four, four years plus or so. years yeah yeah, it's it, there's a lot of things where yeah maybe we're ahead but we're we've taken a lot of steps back in a lot of a lot of areas and maybe that's just been neglect over the years and it's bubbling to the surface who knows right well I mean too and it speaks to that point you made earlier about the movie being shopped around and people not wanting to pick it up because of the race like that's just they just wanted to bury it right they just didn't want to talk just about it. crazy and if you don't talk about things it's it's going to explode at some point so T C Williams high really did go 13-0 and 0 during the 90, 1971 season. Nine of them were shutouts of those games. So I wow. think in the movie they made them seem like the games were a lot closer than they actually were, but they were just pumping teams that year. Nine shutouts out of 13 games. That's insane. That's, That's wild. I mean, you got Julius and Bertier. Yeah. yeah. I mean, your, your defense is, yeah, it's pretty Their nasty. pass rush was probably pretty good. Yeah. You know what I was going to add on Bertier, though, that I thought was kind of funny? Sorry, James, to cut you off. No, no, no. no. What I always think is so hilarious, I laugh every time because it just, I don't understand why. You know when they're playing uh, the racist coach there and he throws, (laughs) that Boone throws the banana to at the end of the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Right? The the one where Yost is getting screwed over by the officials or whatever. 
Yeah. And he goes over and he points at the uh, the opposing coach. Like I was like, easy, big shoot, pump the brakes. Like, what are you I, doing? I had a like, note no about high that. school kid is gonna do that. I had a note no. about that in the realism thing. Okay, I go, how unrealistic is he? Literally runs over till he till he's like four feet away, <laughs> and he's just like he turns his body sideways and he's like, because you know what it did. <laughs> you know why? Because it disnified it. You're waiting for the pyrotechnics to kick in and the broken yeah, glass and stone cold's gonna come out. Start chucking Budweiser's everywhere. Yeah, it was so corny. That was like the corn most of the movie was pretty good. That was super corny. <laughs> yeah, that part. Um so Michael J. Fisher was the football coordinator on the film. He's also been um the the sports yeah. coordinator on the blind side, moneyball, draft day, and concussion. Prior to filming, Fisher coordinated a multi-week training camp with pro football instructors to get the actors ready. That's good. I think it showed off in the in the film. Thought they did a pretty good job on that. Absolutely. So Ray, uh, the character of Ray, Alan Bosley, Fred oh. Bosley, and Coach Tyrell are were actually fictional characters that they added in to make to create more conflict and drama. That's a Makes tough sense. look for that that kid. I wondered that. I'm like, are you going to get many roles after this? Yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah, I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd be. We I, should do a deep dive on him. See where his career ended. So up. when I watched the movie, I actually looked at his reaction because we watched them like different now. I wanted to look at his reactions like on the peripheries and behind the scenes to see if he ever like kind of broke. You know what yeah. I mean? On that, like to be like, are you kidding me? I'm playing the role, this role right now. Yeah, yeah. That's a he did a pretty good role, job. He did a good job in the role for sure. He did yeah. a good job in the role, but I always yeah. kind of wondered, like, how is he like behind, like, when he's not exactly front center, which he's most of the time he is front center in his roles, but is he holding the whole time? I kind of looked for that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, so Kate Bosworth's character was also uh, purely fictional. She was created to demonstrate some of the negative traits and beliefs instilled in the youth at the time. It was good. I think you mentioned it earlier, Jared. It's a good character to have in there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you needed it. So th- this is uh, this is a good one for you, Webb. This is widely recognized as the, or sorry, the individual that's widely recognized as the greatest basketball player of all time, LeBron James, has stated. Oh, wow! <laughs> 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 oh, 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 oh. You know who? Hey, you know who wouldn't be playing for Coach Boone because he couldn't handle a little criticism? LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James would have had him fired and replaced with Ty Luce. Oh boy, Eric Spolstra would be in. Yeah. <laughs> so, a, um, as a national joke, <laughs> as a nationally ranked defensive player, Gary Bertier was Alexandria's first high school All-American football player. Following the, 90, the 1971 season, he received accolades which included first team All-Region, All-State. Uh, National All-American honors, as well as being named the Alexandria Sportsman Club Football Player of the Year. He had been approached by elite college powerhouses such as Notre Dame and Alabama. Many believe that the movie Remember the Titans failed to accurately depict the true significance of his talent. I don't so know. He was a, a big-time He seemed really good in the movie. They, they talked about how he's an All-American right off the wheel. In that yeah, Northern I, Challenge I, game, in the Northern Regional game, he threw massive hits. They had Bertier like laying people out. Yeah, I I think he I think he was portrayed as a big time stud. I mean, maybe they maybe they could have slipped in a thing where they showed some recruiters coming to practice or school or whatever. But that would have kind of been a distraction, I think, from what you the real what? right. 
You know what, though? You're getting to an hour and 56 minutes. You're starting to get into that long range. If you start you putting in all the college, you're starting to dip into like 230, 240. You're like, okay, we're like, that's that. That's sketchy. It's hard. It's hard. Well, and I don't think it's really important to his character, to be quite honest with you. No, no, I think you're, you guys nailed it. You're um, playing on, a, you're an Allstate on Virginia. You're going D1 wherever you want. Right. So how would like, and this is the thing that I find crazy, right? Because obviously the film wouldn't have been as, as good back then. Like you're basing that on what, like newspaper reports. Like I always found that kind of interesting, like how, how people are considered all Americans, like all state I get, right. If your team's good enough, right. you make a state championship, you're a, a stud in the state so championship. That's game. a tough one, especially in that time frame too. Yeah. Like now with analytics and the access to techno- the access to the statistics and everything else, you can kind of like make different arguments for guys. Right. But like back then, I don't know. Like, how do you, maybe radio, I guess, yeah. It would have yeah. been tough. It, you really, it's a crapshoot, I think, at that point too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Gary Pertier, uh really was injured in an automobile accident and was paralyzed for the rest of his life from the waist down. However, this didn't happen until after the regular, after this 1971 season had ended. He played all 13 games, including the the state championship. It was also um, it was also not as uh, depicted that due to uh, he wasn't hit by another car in the accident. He lost control of his vehicle and crashed into a utility pole. The cause of the accident was a mechanical failure with the vehicle. So I think he he ended up getting a settlement out of it, hmm. which is really unfortunate. Uh, he re- also really did uh, win a gold medal in the in the wheelchair Olympics, and um, he did die tragically ten years later in an automobile accident when he was hit. He was struck head on by a drunk driver. Just a awful turn i read that tonight i was like that is awful yeah yeah just awful sad so the final score in that championship game wasn't as close as they depicted in the movie it was actually 27 nothing (laughs) 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 yeah the other team uh actually totaled negative rushing yardage during the game (laughs) what is what's your line jamer you always say keep the change (laughs) change. that's a jamer like keep the change Um, so Titan quarterback Ronnie Bass did come from California, but portraying him as a long haired hippie was an exaggeration. He goes, I was never like that. Um, and he also, uh, that was Hollywood kind of playing it up. He, he, he never had that long hair. And also for the record, he never did Tai Chi outside of the school. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you read a book schooled uh, by Gordon Corbin, he reminds me of Capricorn Anderson, where he comes in and does this <laughs> book we read, Capricorn Anderson, who's like the guy who does all that stuff outside. Anyway, no one will know that. Anyway. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Classic. Another interesting note, uh, T.C. Williams was actually integrated six years prior in 1965. Yeah. Um, wow. um, so... They kind of embellished that at that point, and they said that kind of a lot of those uh, racial tensions were kind of ha- were had played down by that point in time. So that was something they kind of played up for the movie, which is fine. I mean, it makes it a better movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, T.C. Williams was not the only integrated high school in the conference either. In fact, every single school was integrated by that point as well. So I think they showed all the other schools were not integrated, and this was supposed to be the only one, but. In fact, all the schools in the conference were integrated at that point. But I believe that T.C. Williams still was the first school, right? Yeah. 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 I think they but were I, back in 65. I think I remember sure. seeing something about that when I was doing some research on this last year. 
Right. And so they, as a, as a result of that, they said that a lot of the tensions were really played up. There was a lot of uh, fictional things that they added in for Hollywood purposes. For example, the banana toss, the protests outside of the school, the restaurant scene, the crooked officials. Those are all played up. But they were probably based on other events that happened prior. Yeah. But they were kind of lumped in to give the. But I, I think for the purpose of the movie, they, that was really well done. I thought they wrote that. Yes. They wrote that in quite well. Apparently, some of the players were pissed off that it was depicted that way because they didn't think it was accurate. But here's another thing I would kind of throw at that as well. How many people back? How many people years later want to say, "Oh yeah, it was super racist," and like kind of admit that that was what it was? You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like a lot of people want to downplay that as much as they possibly can, especially if you're interviewing some of the white guys. You know? Yeah. So. And I think uh, in the interviews that I saw, a lot of the guys that were saying that were kind of the white players. Uh, let's jump into the soundtrack. So the music was by composer Trevor Rabin. Rabin has scored over 40 films and is known for his collaborations with Jerry Bruckheimer, including Con Air, Armageddon, Enemy of the State, Gone in 60 Seconds, Bad Company, Coach Carter, Glory Road, Hot Rod, and Bad Boys 2. The former Yes band member was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2017 and has won 11 BMI awards. The original theatrical score has been used by many famous people such as Barack Obama during his inauguration. Uh, Marvin Gaye, Charles Wright, Norman Greenbaum, Buck Owens, Bob Dylan, War, The Temptations, Cat Stevens, James Taylor, CCR. I mean, this soundtrack was nasty. It's one of my favorites, I gotta say. It's unreal. Uh, yeah, I'll be quick. The best I've ever heard in a movie. Bar yeah. none. Move my on. favorite web yeah i don't know if there's one that's better i mean it, it depends i guess maybe what age you're at and when you grew up we, we talked about varsity blues being a really good one for our age when we were that age yeah. um but this one is probably up there in terms of it's accessible for everybody regardless of age right and it's the thing that also is really really well done about this one uh, is that the song choices that they picked are really fitting to kind of show the the black white divide right you got like the presence of motown and how influential motown is um to the black experience in, in america so i thought that was really really well done and the other thing that obviously that this movie had going for it that others don't is it's backed by disney so you know that the budget they had to purchase big movie soundtracks like this is going to be off the charts in comparison so i mean you, you kind of named a bunch of the songs when when Mrs. Webster and I were rewatching it, like as soon as that first chord of um, "Fire and Rain" comes on, yeah. and you just I, I look over and she's got tears in her eyes because yeah. it's a bit when you know what's going to happen to Gary in the next like thirty seconds, right? Right. And and yeah, she's sure. we have we have a few James Taylor records, and when that song comes on, every time I look over and she's like getting misty, like it's just. Yeah. It's a powerful song. They did a really good job scoring it and putting the right popular music at key moments in the movie. Um, yeah, I just thought it was really, really well done. Yeah. One of the best concerts I went to was uh, James Taylor and Carol Kang at the ACC. And oh, it was, that would have been fun. I was, I think Jazz and I, when we were probably like 27 at the time, we were the youngest people there by like 25 oh, yeah. years. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> by a far. Lot leather, a lot of leather pants and leopard print, and it was amazing. That was packed. And they yeah. played like six encores. It was incredible. That would be. He's fun. got a pretty deep catalog too, right? Like people don't yeah. realize that. Like he's got a, a, you know, there's the big hits, 
Yes, right? yeah. But then he's got like a lot of deep cuts that are just really, really good songs. Yeah, I think I've got about four or five albums, JT albums. He's awesome. He's really yeah. good. Let's jump into our wrap up. Where do you guys have this ranked uh, among all time football movies and all time sports movies? Ooh, football, it's got to be in the top three for me somewhere. I'm just still trying to depict in and around. It's way up high. Uh, all time sports movies, same thing. It's it's a top tenner somewhere. It's it it it's in the high in all time because it's, it's so much staying power to it. It just lasts. It works. It lasts. Yeah. Uh, it's relatable. It's teachable, like we've talked about, and there's so many different connections to modern day times that you can make to it. And it's so well done. So very high for me, guys. Yeah, It's it's one for me in terms of football. Um, and it's one for me because of all the extra stuff, right? All the social justice stuff and all the, the equity stuff and human rights and inequality and and gender equality too, when they're t- the looking at the dynamic with the daughters, right. um, yeah. plus the soundtrack. Right, the soundtrack to me also takes it above and beyond a lot of the other movies that we we were talking earlier about. Um, uh, oh my God, Friday Night Lights, and and that's another great soundtrack, but a, a great soundtrack in a different kind of uh, respect, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's high for me. It's I'd say it's one for football movies in terms of all time. It's it's up there for me, be just because it's it's so rewatchable. I think I probably watch this one at least once a year, sometimes twice. Um, Mrs. Webster, it's one of her all time favorite movies, like period. Right. So I'd say it's high for me. The only downside, the only the only reason I wouldn't put it as high as maybe some of the other ones is a little bit because of the Disney factor. Uh, and if it wasn't for the, yeah, there's a, a the little bit that's just kind of corny, but, yeah. but, uh, just the, the story of it, the arc, the development of the characters as a whole, it's a really, really well done. I'd probably put it in, it's, it's probably for sure in my top five of sports movies. Yeah. I've got it at a very, very, very close two in football and I've got it at the edge of my top 10. It's one of my, one of my favorite movies. I love it. Yeah. And then you mentioned everything, all the reasons why. So uh, as as we have been typically doing with uh, the end of our shows, we're going to do a draft uh, in homage to JJ Reddick, the Old Man of the Three podcast. So this week, our draft, uh, we're going to link it into kind of the theme of the one of the themes in this movie. We're going to be doing a draft of the toughest coaches in sports movie, or sorry, the toughest coaches in sports history. So toughest coaches in sports history. And Webb, why don't you take the first pick this week? Ooh, I was gonna say, am I up on that JJ Reddick? The Pelicans are starting to make a little bit of a run for you there, Jim. Zion's yeah. playing unreal. Fifty-eight. Yeah. He's like fifty-eight percent from the field right now. He's doing nice. unreal. Yeah, I've been I've been watching a lot of Pel's games. They're doing they're doing well. They were they were I, I think they were struggling with Stan Van Gundy's uh, system early. He's a he's a tough guy to get. He's different than Alvin Gentry, right? So they were used to one way, and I think. Uh, Stan has he demand, demands a lot on defense, and they're they they weren't a very good defensive team, and I think they're starting to round at, around that, that part of the game. So we'll see how they do. Uh, yeah, and JJ JJ of course, a lot of teams talking about dealing for him, so we'll see what happens. All right, number one pick. Uh, okay, tough coaches. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I think I gotta go with this one. Jr. is gonna laugh, but I think I gotta. Uh, just because his reputation of being a bit of a tough coach, uh, at the same time, 
anybody that's ever played for him loves him. They talk about the brotherhood all the time. JJ would be the first to talk about him. Uh, he, and he stresses defense and everything else. Went to West Point, coached LeBron James. LeBron James said if he could play for him, your boy, James LeBron, uh, they, he would. <laughs> I'm, going with coach, I'm going with Coach Mike Krzyzewski of Duke Great uh, as, my, as my number one tough coach that you, you probably would want to still play for. Great pick, Webb. Uh, JR, you go next. You want me to go next? Okay. Yep. Uh, well, I got to take this one. I got to hit the hit the uh, hitter going. So I'm going to go 85 Bears. Got to do it. Can't yeah. not. Oh, um, great pick. Sweaters, glasses, steakhouses, cigars. Friend <laughs> of the podcast, Martin Severino's his former caddy. <laughs> yes, I got to go with Iron Shout out to Marty. Dicka. Shout out Marty Severino. Thank you for that. Coach Dick. Uh, you are on the my number one pick for me on my list. Da bears. Da bears. Um, all right. Great pick, yeah. Great picks, boys. You guys kicked it off well. Well, I'm gonna pick a guy. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a little old school here. So nobody wore tweed hats better than this college football hall of famer. He won seven national championships Gosh. as a head coach and twelve SEC coaching uh, coach of the year awards. He had a reputation as a hard-nosed, no-nonsense coach, was well-respected by players and peers, and he was famously depicted on screen by our boy Tom Berenger in the 2002 film The Junction Boys. I'm going with Paul Bear Bryant. Oh, wow. Fine, fine pick. And I'm going to pick the next guy. Stick to the college ranks for my next pick. I'm going to pick this guy who's the head coach. He's a member of the basketball hall of fame and the college basketball hall of fame he's an eight-time big 10 coach of the year won the naismith ncaa coach of the year in 1987 he's also won an olympic gold medal and was an ncaa championship as a player quite likely the most famous of the tough iron fist style coaches this guy needs no introduction really his public displays of subtle frustration are captured eloquently (laughs) in pop culture in the movies anger management and blue chips i'm talking about bobby knight Excellent, nice pick. Yeah, it's a tough one. I can't believe he went to the second round. All right, so my next pick is a YouTube legend, if you go and watch him, and he's had some of the greatest dust-ups you could ever come across in your time. Small in stature, strong in voice. He's a champion and a winner, and he'll let an umpire know if you just came to screw us. I got to go with the legend Earl Weaver of yes. the Baltimore Orioles. Yes. This guy has the greatest YouTube videos you could possibly watch. Yeah. Go ahead, watch him. He's amazing. Is, Earl is Weaver. It, is it better than the uh, minor league guy that was behind home plate launching the, uh, the rosin bags? Like- <laughs> he's in the big leagues. He's big leagues. And he's a champion. He's the best. Earl Weaver. He, he's got some classic, classic oh. ones on YouTube. Oh, my God. They're amazing. Wow. Okay. You put me in a little bit of a, a tough spot here. I don't know who to pick here. I'm going to go. Uh, I didn't prepare very well for this one. So I, I'm going to go with just reputation alone of somebody who's apparently a really tough coach to play for and a bit of a prick. Um, but the guys who did like playing for him loved him. I'm going with uh, Iron Mike Keenan. Yes. Oh, with good my, pick. With I had my second my pick. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's like Brett Hall really liked playing for him, wasn't it? Him or somebody else? There was like a big name, but guy that Ronick, I'm thinking Ronick did. Was it Ronick? Okay, people did. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was gonna say there were a couple guys. Uh, okay, so him, 
And then a third pick, I'm going to go with, uh, oh, jeez. I got to go with Pop. I don't know how you don't go with Pop. Pop's got to be, like, one of the toughest. Pop, to me, is, like, a combination of Boone and, and Yost. Like, he's, he makes you accountable, and I feel like he could be, like, a, uh, What's the word? Like a, a bristly kind of prick at times, but at the same time, he he's so he's a he's father. So well, he's so well. I mean, like I guess it's kind of a cop out in a lot of ways because I see him and and Coach K being very similar personalities, right? Um, so I'll go with I'll go with Pop. I'll go with yeah. Pop as my last pick. Nice. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, uh, my last pick. Now I'm going to dip back to the minor leagues of baseball. And this guy's a minor league legend, similar to that fellow who is in the Atlanta Braves organization. This guy, another YouTube legend. If you Google this guy and YouTube, this guy's snap shows, he starts snapping on the bench and watches snap shows escalate. He starts throwing bats. He goes nuts. He was a scumbag. Met second baseman. His uniforms were tight. <laughs> could stand him. I got to go Wally Backman. Yes. Wally Backman. Backman. He's great. His snap shows are awesome. That's awesome. That's a great pick. Great pick. I got you. All right, I'm going to round it out with my favorite sport. This guy uh, was a legend. He was a two-time World Series champion, four-time manager of the year, and winner. Um, so sorry, four-time manager of the year award winner, and is a treasured member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's all fine and dandy, but the most impressive record this man owns is that he's the Major League all-time ejection leader with 158 ejections through his 32 uh, your career as a major league manager. And there's a funny story um, by Jeff Francoeur who played for him. He, rec- he recounted some advice that he got from his manager after he got On the both, both, uh, both Francoeur and this guy, Bobby Cox, got kicked out of the game at the same time. And when they were going back into the clubhouse, Francoeur, who was young at the time, says, what do I do? And Bobby said, go have a couple of cold beers, sit in a cold tub or something and relax. And you'll probably have to write a $500 check to the league. Or you can do what I do and write them a $10,000 check and just tell them, uh, when I run out, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> just debit me. That's great. <laughs> I love it. Love Bobby Cox. Who's Bobby your, Cox is awesome. All right, so who's your, who's your honorable mention? Because I got two right now that I can think of. Go ahead, Bob. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, I was going to say, one is going to be uh, actually three, maybe. Uh, I'm going to go with Lou Pinella sticking on the I baseball had team. Yeah. I had him. I'm going to go basketball. I'm going to go John Wooden because I don't think we yes. give him enough props, right? He's the all-time like all-time yeah. champion in terms of NCAA uh, yeah. and notorious for uh, being a really, really hard coach to play for, but guys also loved him, right? The, and the pyramid, like everything about him. He's got a serious him. following. <laughs> yeah, and third, third, I'm going honorable mention. I'm going to go to our boy, to- boy Torts. Because Torts has just got some one-liners with the media. Of course. Torts is the modern-day Mike Keenan to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jaber, go ahead. Who'd you have? I got, some, I got quite a few shout-outs. You go ahead, JR. I'll wrap up. Okay. okay. So my shout-outs were one, Billy Martin. Yes. Nice. Uh, I also had uh, Mike Babcock. Yep. He's a prick. Absolutely. And uh, Herb Brooks. Yeah, Herbie Brooks for sure. After that, and Herb Brooks. Uh, yeah. was, Can we call Mike Babcock a prick, or is it just that Mitch Marner thinks he's a prick? No, no, no. He's he's no, a prick. He's an asshole. And oh, I guess in the mule, 
The mule thought he was a bit of a prick. Apparently, Mike Commodore, I believe, doesn't like him. Oh, yeah. Mike Commodore. Mike doesn't like him. Chris Chalios doesn't like him. Oh, Chelly didn't like him either? No. Fuck. It's a long list. Okay. He's got a long list. There's not many guys that do like him. And he's not a prick like Torts. Like, it's a different kind of prick. Torts is, like, tough and whatever, but, like, this guy's just a dick. No, guys actually like Torts, but they don't like Torts is admirable. Yeah. I had uh, Pat Burns. So before he was an NHL head coach, yeah. this guy was a cop in Gatineau for 16 years breaking up bar fights outside of Pig Owls. I like that. <laughs> Pig Owls. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've also got Jimmy Leland. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Leland. Leland. Oh, Jimmy yeah. Leland. He had, this guy, This he's 76 years old. And just Jimmy last, Leland. Just last year, he surpassed Nick Nolte as having smoked the most cigarettes in a lifetime. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> no one could rip a bench start like Jim Leland. I've also got Bill Cowper. Is Cowher. Jim Leland dead? Is he still alive? Oh, he's still alive. He's still oh, alive. come on. He looks like E.T. Oh, my God. Preserved like, by Nick. I don't know who's got more. I don't know whose face looks more like a beat up catcher's mitt. Him or Keith Richards? They're both pretty high up there on the beat up catcher's mitt. I, I heard that when Jim Leland uh, is going to pass away, he's going to donate his skin to Rawlings. <laughs> 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 he's out of a high pro six. <laughs> I, I also had uh, Bill Cower. I mean, this guy's so tough. His his daughter married an NFL tough guy, so <laughs> or an NHL tough guy. Sorry, uh, what's his name? Uh, I played against him in college. Played at Princeton. Kevin uh, Westgar. It's married to Bill Cowher's daughter. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ken, Ken Hitchcock's a prick, too. Oh, yeah. I've listened to him on, like, different interviews, and he, like, acknowledges that he was a dick. Yeah. And Hitchcock? he was, like, really hard on people. Yeah, I would have a hard time taking Hitchcock serious just because he's so kind of, like, People get back to him. So I was listening to him on a podcast called Missing Curfew. And yeah. he goes like he Even. people get back to him, yeah. like they give it right back to him, and he loves it. Yeah, like, like whatever, and, and he'll they'll be like whatever Hitchcock, and they'll make fun of him. Like, <laughs> they Jonesy him. Yep, I mean, <laughs> they love it. This guy's won at every level too, right? Like he he won a Memorial Cup, he won a Stanley Cup. I think he's won a gold medal as an assistant coach or something. Yeah. Like he's he's pretty well respected. And Lindy Ruff too would be up there. Yes, Lindy Ruff for sure. Great coach. I like Lindy Ruff. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I like yeah. him. Um. All right. Great episode, boys. Yeah, a good Got a big game coming up Sunday. We're going to enjoy it. Shout out to all our fans, especially in Norton, Texas. We love you there. Okay. Keep moving up the leaderboard for us. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them where to hit us up, Webb. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening and engaging with us on social. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And please continue to engage with us on Twitter at Big League Flicks and in, on Instagram at Big League Flicks Pod. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube and TikTok as well. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks, Dorton, Texas. Love you. Enjoy your Super Bowl, everybody. Take care, folks. Big League Flicks, Jordan, Christian, and Jammer talking movies about sports and the glitz and the glamour. Got a cold beer pairing for the leading lady staring. Fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing. Soundtracks and music, they'll rate all these things. Was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady sings? Talking junk, have a giggle. Comedy, drama, romance. Did the film deliver six to noon in my pants? With their big bag of tricks, AC 
Leagues Podcast Picks. Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks. Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks. Jordan Christian and Jammer!